You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it. In the first place, to me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson Alpha. And welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions that push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, Ashley. Thank you for rocking with me again, Queen. How are you doing this morning? I'm sorry. Let me bring you live. Let me bring you. Sorry about that, Queen. All right. All right. There we go, Queen. Go ahead. You you are live. Hey. All right. How you doing, Queen? Good morning. I'm great. How are you? I'm glad to have you, glad to have you. Before we introduce our special guest, you are the catalyst to this morning's discussion question. If you are a first-time listener, uh, we do our show in the form of a question. We can, um, the Socratic method, if you will, is I go by Black Socrates, but this queen here has been on the show several times, and she asked a question this week that led to this morning's discussion question, which is, should children be raised? in a male-centered home, so if you will, Queen, uh, throw out a little bit of your background just so they know uh, you are definitely on the level of our queens of intellect. I always bring sisters on the show that are a little smarter than myself to make sure we get this thing right, so I'm glad to have you on, <laughs> but if you will, break down why we're doing this show in particular, because, again, you are the reason why, so go ahead, Queen. And I can't even take all that credit. Um, I was actually having these conversations with my friends. So I do credit them for all of this today. When we just asked ourselves this question of are we parenting the best way that we can possibly parent? And that's where this question came from. So um, my background today, I guess, is just I'm a mom. I'm a mom looking for the best way to build whole children. That's it. Now, I love it. Well, with that said, let me introduce you to the best guest in the entire world that we could have on for this show. Uh, Marilyn Adwini, how you doing, Queen? I think I got it right. The conscious motherhood coach uh, of many talents. The one thing you do is help moms do exactly what 
Ashley's asking and looking for today. So if you will, Queen, thank you for being with us again. Say hello to the truth seekers out there listening. Give more of your background before we introduce uh, the, the one brother that's going to help me hold it down just to make sure you ladies stay in check today. <laughs> Go, ahead. Go ahead, Queen. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having me um, this morning. It's always great to be here. Um, my name is Marilyn Aldoini. I am a um, conscious motherhood coach um, focusing on, uh, first of all, conscious parenting and peaceful and positive parenting solutions for mothers, black mothers, um, specifically and mothers of color in general. I'm a cognitive behavioral therapist, um, among a number of other things, and I'm just uh, happy to be here. My, my focus is absolutely topics like what we are talking about today because I think it's so important for us to to understand um, the dynamics that are most influential and most beneficial for uh, our children. And by means of our children, our community and society as a whole. No, absolutely. Our next guest, um, I would say don't need any introduction because he's been rocking with me even before I was on this run. I've had three, in a sense, Podcasts or radio runs, if you will, and this brother's been rocking with me the entire time. Um, he goes by William House. I call him Big House, uh, but this brother, um, I'll let him give his background in relation to this morning show, but I will highlight that uh, this brother does marriage counseling along with his amazing wife, and so I think he's perfect to have on, and I also know, just to highlight this, and I'm pretty sure he'll back this up, but I, I, I know for a fact he has a male-centered home just from the brother I met back in, what's that, 1992? That's how long we've been rocking, yeah. right, Will? Yep, 92. Yeah, we just figured out. Yeah, we, uh, this year will be 30 years since we met, man, and uh, so that's pretty dope, man. But with that said, if you will, say hello to the truth seekers out there. Say hello to Ashley and Marilyn, and give a little bit of your background as well, King. Absolutely. Good morning, my melanated universe. Um, good morning, Doctor. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't want to pronounce. I don't want to mispronounce your name because there's so much. Uh, there's there's so much in the name, Sister. Adwini. 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 We're gonna be Marilyn and Ashley. Marilyn is just fine. It's a big house today, so you good, King? Okay. All right. Very good. I, you know, respect, re, re, respect first, and uh, to the to the co-host, man, I, I certainly appreciate you all uh, in uh, extending the invitation to be on the show. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Uh, when I saw the, the the Facebook post, I was I- extremely intrigued by. You know the 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 concept question that was asked. Um, again, my name is William House, uh, married fella. I've been married uh, this year to be 22 years. Uh, growing and raising uh, two uh, handsome, beautiful young men, 120, 117. Um, come from a long line of uh, male-centered, uh, male-centric, if you would. I, I, I don't know if that. I don't know if that that's really accurate, but patriarchal uh, households, um, and you know, when it comes to the raising and the the, the growth of children, is 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 truly important because legacy legacy is very very important to me. It has been to my family from my previous generation and a generation before that. So 
it, it's it's definitely definitely a worthwhile topic to 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 chop up and discuss. So I'm very happy to be here. Well, absolutely. Well, we got a couple of minutes before we go to our first break, and we'll get, as I always say, hot and heavy into the topic. But I like to start a very simple way. Um, Ashley, again, um, I mean, not only let me let me give give a little more backdrop to her trying to be real kind about how why we're doing this show. So I actually had Ashley lined up to be on this week for a totally different show. And then this week, you know, this is how the world of social media works. She was like, she called me out on social media and said, Montoya, you need to do a topic on this. And, man, all her friends lined up and was like, yeah, gave a lot of opinions. I said, all right, no problem. We'll turn it into that. But only if I can get guests that can help us handle the question because I don't have children. Ashley said, as she just said, she's a mom trying to figure it out. So, you know, we couldn't be the experts, and so we now have two people that can definitely help us navigate it. But if you will, Ashley, I remember I called just like, I don't got to figure out how to word the question. And so the way I like to start the show is just once you see what I ended up on, because you didn't know, and you saw me put it up, should children be raised in male-centered homes, what was your first thought when you saw I settled on that particular question? Just the first um, thought. I I understood. Understood. No, I, yeah. I understood why you settled on it, and um... – I don't know, it made it easier to answer that way versus doing a child-centric versus male-centric. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he just said. So mm-hmm. it, it made sense when I read it. Um, my first thought to myself was, what are the benefits for the children? So I hope that gets answered today. No, absolutely. Um, Marilyn, we'll give you, um, you know, I said, hey, let's come on this show. So if you'll just give me your first thought, we'll ask William after the break. So if you just give me your first thought without going any deeper, when you saw the show question worded that way, what was your first thought, Queen? Um, I, I was just glad that the question was out there. Um, it was like, finally, you know, we get to have this discussion um, in a real way uh, because it's, it's important for us to understand what Ashley just said, actually, like what are the benefits, what um, what what does it mean for our children if homes are male-centered or child-centered? That um, sounds good. Sounds good. William, I'll get your answer out of the break, and we'll just keep breaking this thing down. Um, but ultimately, again, if you're a first-time listener, we are the best in the world at hard conversations on race, sex, and culture. This is a needed one, and so we will get into the nuance. We will also open up the phone lines coming out of the breaks for people to get in and ask their questions and give their three cents, as we call it here on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We'll be right back where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. For all the success stories that we see in traders, there are countless others, thousands, even millions of others, of unsuccessful people who were wiped out. Again, that money had to come from somewhere. These are the first questions that keep you in the game because, again, what trading is not, is not a game. 
Trading is a practice, it's art and science in a way that if you do it correctly, you can make money. This course is designed to help you as a trader, as a young, burgeoning trader, or if you've had some experience and maybe some difficulties in trading, to understand the elements that are involved in what makes trading as hard and competitive and hopefully see some of the success that you probably thought that you would have in the first place. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson-Alfred. You just heard our new sponsor, Blacks Academy. If you listened to last Saturday's show, you know you, you heard one of the best shows we've ever had as far as high-level conversations about the difference between trading and investing. That's Blacks Academy's founder, uh, Michael Sutler, one of our new sponsors. So I want to highlight that, brother, and thank him for continuing his sponsorship of this show. This morning's discussion question, should children be raised in male-centered home, our special guest, homes? Our special guest, Marilyn Arduini, as well as William House. Will, uh, real quick, if you'll take a stab at um, just your first initial thought when I invited you on um, to this question, if, if you will, King. Uh, absolutely. It when when I saw the initial question, it 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 completely bumped up against um, everything that I, I well it everything I believed in as as a parent um, being raised the way I have been and the I would say the results of and the the benefits of being raised um, I won't say regimented but disciplined. And my first thought, uh, and even in some of the minor research that I've done, or just some of the small reading that I did, um, when I think about child-centered, that means that put you're putting the child first and everything that everything focuses on the child's development. If it's, if it's focused on the child's development, that's one thing, but with development, there has to be discipline. There has to be uh, a, a set list or i mean i want to say list but it, it has to be yeah if you were a checklist of things that that child still has to do in order to receive so it it, it ran a, it ran a whole gambit of, of, of thoughts in my mind and i just wanted okay. you know to educate myself a whole lot more on it by somebody that may practice that and get the get the get the other side so i'm not just one-sided about it no, I appreciate that, and that's what we feel like we specialize in is trying to offer and allow the different sides to the, to the table where we actually work on listening to each other to see where we can learn. So I appreciate you um, even expressing that, considering that I, you know, like you say, you come from a generation of, if you will, male of married male-centered homes, if you will, and so um, I, I appreciate you even expressing your openness to just listening and learning, because um, again, there may be an opportunity there. Uh, before we just really just answer Ashley's question again, as she's the catalyst and her friends are the catalyst for trying to figure this out, what are the benefits, if you will, to a male-centered home, you know, if you will, versus a child-centered home? Before we do that, let's lay some context, and I think. Marilyn, you can definitely help me with this. All of us can kind of dog, you know, talk about this, but let's lay some context. So context, uh, specifically for the African-American community, I think, Marilyn, you and I mentioned this this week, just the idea that to a degree, uh, in general, we have a lot of child-centered or female-centered, to a degree, homes just by default, if you will, just based on 
in a sense, the landscape of the African-American community. But there was one person on your um, thread, Ashley, when, when I was looking at it, and you may probably you, you, you responded to it, so I know you'll recall this, but it was one guy who just mentioned the idea of that the reason this question is even being explored is based on the landscape I just talked about, if you will, that 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 is even coming that this is even being coming into question to a degree is possibly because a lot of people in our culture have not even have have no longer seen a male centered home for one or the benefits of it. So because we don't know of it, it's all part of the reason why we even could explore this question. So Marilyn, if you will, just kind of jump on that thought that that may be to a degree while we're even having this discussion. I'm not saying it's accurate, but it is, I think, a valid, it was a valid thought on Ashley's thread. Absolutely. Um, I do um, definitely believe, and just in my experience and in my practice, um, I see that there there is just a lack of general experience with having um, just a male in the home who is in a leadership position, um, and not just any male in the home, because a lot of times it tends to be that when there is a male in the home, uh, the male is um, is either their the parents are not married, or they may not be the father of the children, or it's both in the cases. And so, a lot of times we have uh, the the dynamic where the children are still are, are the focus because the mother uh, or the parents, either one of them, are not accustomed to actually putting the the spouse ahead of, of ahead of the children, and they've never seen the benefit of that. They don't understand how that works, um, and so there is a resistance in that area. And also, just we don't see when when we have seen that um, in in black homes and in our families when there was a male present, a lot of times it wasn't a healthy dynamic um, between the, the the male and female heads of the household. So, you know, we have a lot of kind of dysfunctional and sometimes traumatic experiences um, that fill the void of no experience whatsoever. So there's, so we do tend to have that, that tug of war about whether or not it's even a good thing just because when we, we either have an absence of it or when there is something, some experience there, it tends to be a negative experience. I hope that makes sense. No, 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 no. You, you encapsulated it very well. Um, Ashley, your thoughts again. That 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 was brought to your thread. Just the only reason we're having this. I mean, he didn't come. I don't want to overstate how he came off, but but what do you think about that when you saw that particular post to your thread? Just kind of challenging that we're only exploring it because we haven't seen healthy male-centered dynamics. In, in, in our current generation. What are your thoughts about that, Queen? Um, basically, uh, what she just said, and I think the other post that surrounded that one post that you're talking about, the comments, is that experience. Everyone is saying this is my experience. They either had a negative or unhealthy relationship with the male in their household or there was no male at all. So I enjoy the fact that he came and he he basically said, you know, this conversation would be different if there was a healthy male and emphasis on healthy because there weren't people there that just said, you know, I didn't have a male at all. There are people who had males present in their household. I had males present in my household. I won't say they were the healthiest or, you know, 
uh, even in a leadership position as a male. But I absolutely can agree that there would be a difference if there's a healthy male presence in a household. I like the fact that um, Dr. just stated um, it makes a difference if the parents are married and if he's the biological father, because I guess I didn't think about that, but that does include a different dynamic. So I would like to hear more about that. Yeah, absolutely a different dynamic. Um, what comes to my mind, and William, I, I want you to answer this as well, the same question, but I just wanted to highlight this. Um, doc, um, I was I bring this guy up quite often, but um, what is it? Um, Peterson, psychologist, I can't think of his full name right now, but um, he's just, and I've played this cut on the show where he talks about it's difficult to raise children any damn way. Like it's hard anyway when they're your own. So much has to be thrown into it. And so, yeah, when you start considering the dynamic that is in the situation quite often, uh, it's not the father of the children, then that it's going to be a lot more difficult for that to be healthy in a lot of cases, unfortunately. Uh, William, Again, your thoughts about the only reason to a degree that we are having this conversation is because we've had, a, in a sense, a, you know, a couple of almost a couple of generations now where, where a lot of us are not coming from this healthy dynamic. So that's partly why this question is even being explored. Your thoughts, King? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Ms. Marilyn, you hit it right on the head. Um, without, I, I think, without that, without that healthy leader, I mean, you know, an organization is only as strong as its leadership. And when you think about a household as being a, a you know, a household is an organization. It, it you know, it, it produces a product. It, it makes it makes revenue. If you want to look at it from a business standpoint, you know, there if if the if the leadership is is wrong, then the organization is going to be off. And when I look at family. Uh, it's, it's, you know, being a parent now for 20-some-odd years, um, I see now what my, my parents went through, though it wasn't as hard simply because, you know, I think our biggest, my, my biggest issue coming up is I didn't, know, I didn't know my folks didn't have the money that I thought they did. And mm-hmm. it didn't. Uh, and I, I made considerably more than what my folks did or probably ever could have imagined because they set me up to do that. Is is because the uh, I saw my I saw my pops leading the house even though he wasn't the primary breadwinner, but he led the house and my and I saw my mom's respect that his work ethic to make sure that we were taken care of, and because I saw that because I saw proper leadership in that instance I brought that I brought that same leadership to my household which he got from my grandparents. So it 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 absolutely makes um, the difference if you have a if you have proper leadership in the household, um, and I in in my opinion that that has to be uh, I won't forgive me I don't mean to bump up against anybody's sensibilities but that has to be a man I'm a I'm a um, I'm an elder in my church uh, a pastoral candidate for another church and I believe the biblical the, the biblical framework of the household, if it's in that, if it's in line, everything lines up from God being the, the, the head. I'm sorry if I'm going too long. It goes from God to the man, man to the woman, and then everything else falls in line. The, the, the children, the household, the dogs, whatever. 
everything else lines up. And if that order is in in place, I think you have a, I think you have an orderly household, and you won't. And there would be no this 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 discussion, you know, in the long and short, would not be wouldn't be there if that proper leadership was in place. And that's on and that's the fault of a lot of uh, ill-minded brothers and. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of ill-minded sisters as well. Fair enough. Ashley, I'm going to turn this thing to you. Um, again, again, this is, to a degree, your baby. Um, in exploring this, and you can kind of just really go wherever you want and ask Marilyn and, and William anything that you would like to ask. Um, the one th- thing I, I just simply wanted to mention is I do know you've, in a sense, seen it kind of both ways, and that's what I kind of noticed you were dialoguing about on the post. So if you want to just kind of give, you know, in a sense, your background or any questions you might have for either, please go ahead, Queen. Um, Kevin, I see you out there waiting to get on, but I wanted to kind of get started with it, and we'll get you in in a second, Kevin. Go ahead, um, um, Ashley. Um, sure. Thank you. So, yeah, my background is a little interesting. I was a transient kid, so I went back and forth between my parents. I went between both sets of grandparents. So I've seen it a lot of different ways. I was primarily raised in my grandparents' home, which was absolutely traditional, male-centered. My grandfather is a preacher. Um, My mother was a single mother for the majority of my childhood. She got married a few times but never had a healthy male atmosphere at all, ever. No healthy male dynamic. My father is an extremely healthy male. He's been married for almost 30 years. So I did get to experience that as well. And there are just differences. There are differences in every household. So now that I'm an adult and I'm raising three kids in a household, I'm trying to figure it out with a partner, you know, what worked best, which household best benefited me and made me feel like I was a whole person as the child in that household so that I can then translate that to how I need to parent or what I need to change about my parenting based on my childhood. So that's kind of where this came from, just wanting to look at different aspects of it, not wanting my kids to grow up and feel like, dang, I wish that would have happened different for me. So I don't don't know where to start with the question. I I really want to hear more from Ms. Marilyn about the benefits of making the children the center. I heard the breakdown from God to man to woman to everything else, and I completely understand that. I'm raised in a religious home, but even in that, where's the priority lie? What's the center of that? So if I could just get that answer from both, from both participants, then that would be great. All right, Mayor, let's let's start. Okay. Um, Okay, so give me that question one more time. The benefits of making the children the center? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So... I honestly, um, and again, this is from my own background um, and my own experience, as well as from my practice and and just a lot of families that I've worked with over the years and um, and and what I've seen, making the children the the center um, is in a vacuum outside of the relationship outside of the marriage and the leadership of the parents um, is truly not overall beneficial for the children. Um, You center the children by creating a healthy 
environment with the leadership in the home between the parents. I think this I think this topic grates on people, particularly women, because it's saying male centered. Um, I look at this as centering the marriage um, versus just the male, because when you're centering your marriage, it means you as and 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 let me back up a little bit. When I work with, you know, my clients, which, again, are primarily um, mothers, and then it kind of trickles out to the families, um, one of the first and most important pieces of advice that I give them about being able to be the best mother that they can be is, just to put it plainly, is to be a wife or at least in a solid partnership wherein they have someone that is there supporting focusing, centering them and their needs. Because as mothers, we tend to, you know, that tends to be our, our, our default is to give and do everything for our children um, and even for our spouses or our partners. We're very, it's our nature to be nurturing. And a lot of times that can just drain us so intensely to the point where we just don't, um, we don't have enough. We're not replenished enough, especially in the society that we live in today as black women. You know, we don't have all these resources out here that are, that are replenishing us down to a spiritual level to be able to continue to give and raise our families. So I believe it's so important to be in a strong union where you are being centered by your partner. Your needs are being met. You're being taken care of. You're being protected. You're being, you know, provided for in so many ways because it replenishes you to the extent where you can actually have something that overflows to give to your children and be able to make sure that their needs are met. And, you know, so in the same way that the expectation that your spouse or your partner is centering and making you a priority, that should also be what you're doing for your partner. That dynamic is actually what creates a space of security for your children. Children thrive in the environment where they are secure. When they see that their parents or, you know, you know if it's a blended family, the, 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 the marriage is strong. It's union that you guys love each other, you know. Uh, they, they feel secure in that because they know because if marriages fall apart, children lose big time. You know, they suffer and they struggle. Uh, or when mom is overwhelmed and she can't do it all and she doesn't have the support that she needs, children suffer. They struggle under those um, dynamics. So all that, again, is to say that one of the best things that I um, – best piece of advice that I give, because uh, I've been there. I've been single. You know, I was my, in my first – I'm in a blended family now. My first marriage ended, and I spent some years as um, a single woman, you know, as a mother. And – I totally get the struggle. It's it's it can be overwhelming at times when you don't have that um, that partnership. And I can tell you that I've been able to be um, the best mother when I've been in a healthy marriage. Um, and having someone who and not and again, like I said before, people have had the experience where they've had a male in the household, but it wasn't a healthy male. It wasn't a healthy dynamic in the relationship. And that can even happen in marriages. You know, if it's not a healthy marriage, if you don't have healthy partners within the marriage, that's not necessarily going to set the best tone for the children. But having someone who you are in agreement with, who you, when you both have the same goal of 
fostering a healthy environment for your children, of meeting the children's needs and making sure that they are taken care of um, while you're taking care of each other, the children are going to be taken care of. They're going to have their needs met. They're going to be happy. Um, but they're also going to understand boundaries better, and they're also going to um, have just a great example of what to look for and aspire for in, in their lives. So I hope that, you know, makes sense to you because uh, it's, it's you can centering children and kind of making, you know, the, the household and the world their oyster is a slippery slope. You know, um, it's important to make sure that the children's needs are a priority, very high priority, but having um, the marriage and the partnership being what is at the center of that because children exist because of um, the partnership, because of the marriage. And, you know, if you, when you get married, you become a family, whether you have children or not. Children add to the family. They bring new responsibilities, and they bring a different level of joy and, um, and, and purpose to the family, but you can be a family without children. Uh, but when children come along, you have to continue to maintain that core of, um, of the relationship in order to maintain the stability for the children, and they're happier because the people who they rely on for their survival are, are strong together. So I hope that kind of makes sense and brings that in. You can... That was that was great. That was great. So I just have a question because I hey, let me do this. Actually, we got we got to run. Oh, we got to do go a quick break. So let's do a quick break. Okay. And I want to um, yeah, and I'll let you get to your question. And I wanted to, uh, if you will, I want to have William say something very quickly before that question as well. Kevin, we'll get to you. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson-Alfred. This morning's discussion question, should children be raised in male-centered homes? Our special guest is Marilyn Adlini. And William House. Real quick, um, Ashley, before you ask that question, I wanted to highlight this again. We made it clear that William comes from a long line of generational marriage and male-centered homes. Uh, William, if you would, just because of something Marilyn mentioned, would you highlight what focusing on your wife looks like? I, I think this is just something that people need to hear because, again, I know you know got a little inside track on how you and your lady move. But uh, when Marilyn pointed out. Um, you know, hey, child center has these issues, and as a woman, you need a healthy male who's going to make sure you're good. What does that look like in your home, real quick? And then Ashley, you can ask the other second question to Marilyn if if you need to. Okay, real real quick, I'll try to make this as quick as possible. Back in May of last year, I broke my foot and my ankle on May. I think it was May 3rd. My wife had just left town the same day. 
she called I called and told her what happened because she was she was taking a getaway. She was going to see her father. He was uh not in not in his best uh condition and also she was getting away for her for her birthday. Uh she was going to Vegas to enjoy herself with some of her girlfriends. Well when I told her what happened she was like, okay, let me find a flight. I'll be back. I'll take care. I'll, I'll, I'll get that squared away, and I'll be back home probably tomorrow. I was like, baby, don't do not do it. The boys are here. I got a 20-year-old and a 17-year-old. Though both my feet were broken. My ankle was broken. My foot was broken. I told us, don't, don't. I need you to focus on you. Get Keep your mind right. You know, you went on this trip to get you some rest and relaxation from the household. She called me every day, but I could tell that every day that I talked to her, it was easing up because she was talking to me and that and that I was being taken care of, and I was fine. And true enough, I was fine. I, 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 I've been taking care of myself for a good while, but I understand the, I, I understand the importance uh, as Ms. Marilyn said, of pouring into because she goes, she she takes on a lot. Even when I don't say, even when I can tell her, don't you ain't got to take care of it all by yourself. I'm here too. It's it's just a it's just a motherly nurturing type kind of thing. They want to take everything on and 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 make everything right for everybody. I told her, don't worry about it. Enjoy your trip. She stayed she stayed gone the whole week. She had a, a incredible time. And when she got back the following Sunday, I was still laid up in the bed. But she saw that everything, and watch this, everything that she put into the boys to take care of, to, to, they, they proved that they had been watching what she was doing and proved, and, and you know, that, that they were listening to what I was saying regarding taking care of the house, taking care of anybody that might be sick or anything like that. So it's just truly, truly important to to really, you know, take another person's perspective, uh, uh, you know, their care and their, their mental state into consideration. And, and that's how I do it. I give her, you know, go do what you need to do to get your head right at, at, at all opportunities. At any opportunity, I'm, I'll be fine. I'm not, I'm not the one that says you got to be at home up under me because I need my wife at home. No, go get your head right, because when your head is right, you can be right for me at home. I love it. Um, Ashley, go ahead, Queen. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I I really love the full circle moment of the boys and having to jump in and, and carry the weight, you know. It's, it's a, a testament to what they're seeing and what awesome. they're learning and how they've been raised, and that's a direct correlation of them watching y'all interact, and that's beautiful. That's what we all hope to see. We all hope to be able to instill these things in our children so that they know, oh, th- this is what my mom showed me, or this is what I see my mom do to my dad. This is what I see my dad do for us. That That's that's the hope. So that's a beautiful thing, and I appreciate you sharing that. Um, no problem. Let me remember. Yeah, that was great. Let me remember my question for you, Miss Marilyn. Um, oh, I did hear you state that you were a single parent for a while prior to this marriage, and of course, you, you said it's a better situation now that you're in a healthy marriage and a healthy partnership. But I want to pose the question for people who aren't partnered because I know when I posted this a lot of the comments came from people who were unpartnered and who were just speaking from their life experience as a child. So 
my question to you would be, is it better for a single parent to, I guess they kind of have like a child-centered home by default, does that still work better in any scenario than having an unhealthy male-centered home? I'm, I'm assuming it does, but I might be wrong, so I'm asking. So I'll say this, that uh, I'll go back to what I said before. Uh, in any home with children, where you're raising children, they should be very high on the priority list. But it's not healthy for children to be entirely centered. If you're a single parent, you still have to make sure that you are taken care of. So if there are things that you need, if there are, you know, like a lot of times, and I remember being there, where I would run myself ragged to get this person over there and to make sure they had this. And, you know, my hair would be looking crazy, but my kids were straight, you know. <laughs> and it was just, you know, so many things that I would do and sacrifice and give, you know, to make sure that they were happy and I would, you know, center so many things around them. And I was losing my mind. And I wasn't handling my self-care properly. So a lot of times as a single parent, you still have to, to make sure that you, your needs, because it's like being on an airplane, and when, when they have the little emergency, the little training that they do before the flight takes off, if you've been on a flight, they tell you, secure your mask first before you help even your children or anybody else that's on the plane, because you need air. You need to make sure that you can survive in order to ensure the survival of your children. And so it's the same thing um, with being a single parent. Get yourself the air that you need. Make sure that you can breathe. Make sure that you are surviving, because then you'll have more to give to them because, again, children, it's the way that they're, that they're made, they're set up. They are egocentric and they are built for survival and they're going to, you know, get what they need. You know, children aren't going to, you know, take it too well of not getting what they need. And so you have to make sure that you are getting what you need first and foremost while still making sure that the children's needs are a priority and that they are taken care of. So, you know, like in my case, they don't have to be in every activity. You know, no matter how much they like those activities, if it's going to drain me to try to get them someplace every single day of the week, multiple times a day, um, something's got to go because I need a moment for myself. Um, if there's, you know, some kind of financial expenditure that they want, because just to be honest, most things are wants, not necessarily needs. You know, if they want something that's going to be financially draining for me and I can't save for the future and I can't make plans and um, secure their future in the long term, by having, you know, more money available, then, you know, there's no point in me uh, spending unnecessary amounts of money for something that's not necessarily a need. So I have to make sure that I'm secure, um, whether it's spiritually, mentally, financially, um, so that I can create that sense of security for the children in the home. So, you know, that's, you know, basically what I'm saying, that children should be a priority, but they should not be the center where any and everything is about them beyond everybody else. Yeah, I know our sisters, Queen Jala, are bad about that, and I love that response and that answer, if you will, Marilyn. And if I could highlight this very briefly, just um, in getting prepared for the show, I saw this. I love when you said children are built for survival. That's something that um, I think parents don't always understand, and I'm, I'm going to give a dynamic because, again, I came across this, so this is about just my own thoughts to me listen to some information I listened to this week. But if you think about historically, families were typically very large, 
And so if you put that in perspective, let's say you got a, a, children, a, house, a home of seven children or ten children or whatever the case may be, uh, we have, because we now have one, two children, you know, in a lot of cases, there's this idea of being centered and focused on the children. It was impossible when there were seven children for every child to get the attention we try to give our one and two children that we give them now. And so the reason that, that, that built for survival matters is because, like Marilyn said, securing the home allows them to grow and experience things amongst the home where you, in a sense, leave it to them to figure some things out, that makes them more resilient for the world in which we always have to, I was to remind, you know, parents, your children are going to be adults much longer than children. So it's not, you know, the goal is not to give them the best 20 years of their life, their first 20 years, it's to prepare them for the next 80 after that 20. And so children being built for survival if you understand that, then maybe you can take heed to not overdoing it as a mother, like she said, and just making real-life choices based on, as she said, time, uh, finances, or even your own self-care, which sisters are notorious for d- d- avoiding it. Uh, we are up against the break. Kevin, you will be the first caller out of the break. For all the other callers out there, if you want to get in, you do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. The number to get in for anybody online is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales. His no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Johnson-Afford. We have a couple of special guests on. Let's go ahead and open up these phone lines. I got Kevin out of South Carolina. Give us give us your three cents this morning, King. What you got for us? Oh, uh, this is a, uh, a beautiful uh uh, panel you have there. I mean, that, that's, that's not, and the brother breaking down his family structure. That was that was on point there. Um, see, the, I think the problem with a lot of our people is that we want to see more, who's more important. Who, who, who's the, who, you know, who's the top? Who's the? No, everyone has a strategic role to play in a family structure, in a in a whole community structure. See, remember I used to say years ago is that. A family, a marriage is a business, and in that business, everyone plays their strategic part, just like any other business. Now, the families that may be single or whatnot, well, it's just like a job. When someone don't show up for work, 
it's important for a lot of the members to learn different positions so they can play that position. But that position is not a sustainable position to play because you're trying to get that person back into that, uh, you know, so you can run at full capacity. Uh, and I, I, if something went through my mind when you first uh, started talking is that what happens if the father's not there? You know, he might have passed in a healthy family. He's the foundation. Why is he the foundation? Because you remember what he would do, what he used to do. Like a, a saying comes to mind, um, it's better to have loved than never have loved at all. If my father passed but I had the opportunity to see how my father operates, that will forever turn around in my mind that this is what a man is supposed to do or my mother is supposed to do or my uncle is supposed to do. Oh, my grandfather, everyone plays a strategic role in that. And the problem when things go awry is that many of us have not had the opportunity to see those different positions in that family business that we're talking about. And there lies the dysfunction. And then what we wind up doing is hooking up with someone else who has not seen a, mm. a healthy, you know, someone run that position, run mm -hmm. that machine over there. Pick mm -hmm. a man that's supposed to pick that you know, run that man machine, mm -hmm. but he hasn't learned how to run that man machine. Now, you're blaming that man, but he don't know no better. No one never taught him. The woman, no one never taught her to be a lady. No one never taught her to be a nourisher. Matter of fact, she's listening to a, the business across the street that wants you to fail. <laughs> and they're telling her, that woman, don't listen to, to that man. Uh, you need to just do what you want to do. No, no, no. See, in society, today's society is telling us, girl, don't you be, don't you let no man boss you around. Man, don't you tell, let no woman tell you what to do. That's a problem with our families. Is we're listening to the wrong people, the, the, the competing competition, the competing business across the street, instead of listening to our own, you know, foundational, uh, you know, company. You know, we got a chain of stores, you know. When I go to visit the family reunion, that's my chain of stores meeting. And we we trying to, you know, build with each other so we can keep the family because everyone has a strategic part. The children are the seeds that grow into the next generation, but they must listen to the tree, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the field. They must tend to the field first. Like I said, you got to have that that safe environment for uh, our uh the kids to grow up in. Without the safe environment, they die. And without the children, we die. The family dies. So everyone plays their role. We, we keep trying to tear ourselves apart. Well, wait a minute. Who? And I'm better. I'm better. Why? Because we caught up in that dysfunctional position of not being in that family structure, and we trying to make sense and trying to make importance of my position the way I am. I'm a single dad. I'm a single mother. So I'm, I'm important. I don't need no man. No, yes, you do. You just don't know you do. Now, I ain't saying you can't raise them, but you going, it's going to be a difficulty there. And it's going to be lacking, and your business is not going to thrive as well as that business across the street that has all its workers in place. Thank you. Now, strong analogy, <laughs> Kevin. Thank you for the three cents. Sounds like, Ashley, you might have wanted to make a quick response. we got some other callers. Go ahead and give a quick response, and we'll get to some, some more callers. Thank I you, like um, that. I've always said marriage is a business. That, that was good. Even well, the I just have, across the street. I like it. Go ahead, Ms. Mayor. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that he made a key point, and it's something that um, that I'm very careful to talk to um, the, the mothers that I work with about who are seeking, you know, marriage and partnership. 
is that um, is one uh, going back to the entire point of the show. If you're going to have a marriage-centered or you know, quote male-centered um, household, it's very important to be careful of which who you choose as a partner, and yeah. that person has to have the ability or the willingness or whatever it is to be able to play their role properly. And it's important when you're choosing someone. If you come from a single parent family, you've never seen. Um, the family system in um, functional, you know, functioning in a healthy way, uh, it's important to try to avoid someone who came from the same background that you did, you know. Um, it's to try to connect with someone who has the experience and knows how to operate in that space um, so that they can kind of fill the gaps where you have them present. Um, and if you already are in partnership with someone who comes from the, a background, of a uh, single-parent background, uh, and even if you, both of you come from, you know, two-parent household, it's still important to always get help, to get counseling, to get coaching, to get therapy together, to make sure that you are, you know, continuing to maintain, you know, that, that functional environment. So it's important to know who you're partnering with and have agreements set up where you guys are getting the, the help and support that you need. But, you know, like I said, it's just very important to 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 be, you know, yoked with someone who's going to, to be um, to to fill the gaps where you have them, so that and it's very kind of like it's like it's like a, a bomb waiting to go off when you have two people who have absolutely no clue about how a family you know should operate, trying to figure it out on the whim, and there is a family and there are children you know at stake there. Yeah, the children losing that situation absolutely. I'm gonna go to another caller here. I always like to highlight a uh, man. You know, manhood is not natural; it's groomed. And so, absolutely, if your your choice of men who who are or males, if you will, who have not been groomed into manhood, um, there's always going to be that 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 risk. And so, then it does come down to cho- to choices, and that goes both ways as That's men. Everybody's choice, exactly. Yep. Everybody yeah, has the responsibility to choose better. Yes, yes. Well, I think we just talked about that. You and I, Matoya. Well, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, at the end of the day. That goes both ways. Ultimately, so, so if you if you want to have children or in your lifetime, if that's something that you want, the most important decision you can make is who you choose to do that mm-hmm. with. And you must figure out if that other person is going to be a good parent or not. And a lot of times we having these babies before we figure that out. So that is an issue. Let's go to another caller. Area code 770 last three eight eight two. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, this is T. Uh, I had a, a comment and a question. Okay. Um, so my comment was I, I feel like um, I, I grew up single mother, raised by a single mother, my partner, uh, similar background as well. Uh, I feel like, you know, the question is, is a little tricky. Uh, my thought on it is I think that we should be more – uh, amenable to trying to make God-centered homes. Uh, in my home growing up, my mother, she was ahead by default because there was no father around, but she really instilled God in us and, and how to seek God, how to submit to God, uh, things like that. My partner, uh, on the flip side, she similarly had the same thing. I feel like we're two mostly healthy people, but we've had the darndest time figuring out how to be partnered which uh, kind of brings in my next point. I, I feel like 
a dynamic I see within our community is competition. Competition between male and female, uh, man and woman, things of that sort, and that plays out in our families because I personally know a lot of people who are good parents. Uh, you might have a good father. You might have a good mother. But for whatever reason, when those two people try to come together, it's just like oil and water. It's, it's an extremely difficult challenge. Um, so I guess my question is, and this is, um, I think, to, to Marilyn, or I know someone had mentioned that they had been a single parent and then they got married, and I know there must have been a transition there. My question is, how do you or what tips could you provide for a transition from an environment where one or both parties were single parents and, and by default they, I guess, prioritize either the children or something else, but now they are partnered or trying to be partnered, what tips could you provide for them to prioritize that partnership so that by extension that relationship and those children will have like a strong foundation to build on? And sorry if that was a, a wild no, question. No, 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 you're good, you're good. No, great question. Go ahead, Marilyn. I want uh, William to touch on this as well before we get to the other callers too. Go ahead, Marilyn. Um, Absolutely. We got a um, there, so give that, that, that a good, succinct answer to that one so I can let William jump on this one as well. Okay, no problem. Um, I think, honestly, it's just the kind of you need to be very clear on what um, you are, are seeking. And just like you talked about being God-centered, uh, we know, uh, as William mentioned earlier, what the framework is for having a God-centered relationship, which is, you know, God first, your spouse, and then, you know, it trickles on down from there. So when you can come to that agreement with someone about what you need and also understanding um, what that person needs, um, then you guys, it's, 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 it's not necessarily easy, but it's simple. You know, it's a simple framework, um, and it's a simple dynamic to kind of get into, and you just have to do the work day to day. You have to be really committed to making sure that you are, are, are putting that person's needs um, as top priority and that they are also doing yours. So you've got to have, you know, an understanding of what you need, what your standards are um, going into the relationship, and you both have to be willing to uphold those things. And when you do that together, it sets that example and the tone for the children and the family. They have to know that, you know, and I know going into my, my new marriage and us becoming a blended family, I had to, you know, be very, very clear um, with my own children, even though they were they were raised, you know, um, to kind of understand those things. Uh, they, that, you know, that I have to prioritize not um, not that they're not important, but they have to understand that the marriage comes first. They see that and they see that in action, not because I said it, you know, necessarily verbally, but because, you know, I lived it before them and I demanded, you know, respect for my husband through my own actions and through how I responded to any of the initial um, friction that happened um, as we were settling in as a blended family and continues to because we've only been married a couple of years at this point. But you're going to continue to have, you know, different little issues, but how you handle it. Um, with respect and regard to your spouse is going to be the defining factor for how your now, children... Now, let me let, me let yeah. um, Brother House jump in on that question real quick. Uh, we got about a, about a minute and a half before we go to break. So if you can give a quick okay. response to um, Pete. See, uh, I, I would say this, my brother. Uh, the way you blend oil and water is you need an emulsifier. The emulsifier between two people in competition is submission. You have to be willing to submit to what your partner wants 
And just like uh, Marilyn said, your your partner has to be uh, submitted to what you want. And once you all come to, <clears throat> excuse me, once you all come to a common ground between those things that you want and the goals that that's going to take the family to, uh, as God put it, and expect it in, that's when you start to see the success happen in your marriage. That's when y'all start to come together. That's when the competition goes out the window. I mean, I think any married couple that's been together has has had some level of competition between the the, the spouses. And I, I didn't see it um, with my wife, but she eventually told me that she felt like she was in competition with me in in certain areas. And I was like, baby, there is no competition. We, we're, you know, two will become one now. So we're doing this thing together. And once you start to see, once you shift the perspective from you and her to y'all, I'm, I'm country, I'm from Memphis. Um, once, once, <laughs> once you shift that perspective from two to one, that's when you, that's, that's when you see that whole element of competition go away because now y'all trying to win. Now I love it. We are against the break teeth. Um, you can get back in if you need to, because I don't know if he fully got, he was able to handle it before the break. But what you have to do is come off the one and back on the one. One thing I'll say to you, ultimately, what I'm hearing in here is it's just in this human nature. It's a matter of ego, and it's a matter of letting go of the ego to submit what to one each other wants. And I will say sometimes you have to be the example of letting go of the ego first to show your partner, because you're the one that made the call. So if you if you can take something from this. Do, lead by example, let go of some of that ego so you're not competing. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but just consider what I'm hearing is a lot of ego involved and that you know that submission word that we all don't like is what is required when there's two people coming together to an extent. But come off the one and come back on the one. I might can get you on after some of the other callers. We're up against the break. We'll be right okay. back. Well, all I ask is that, that you think. Yeah, thank you for the call, King. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. For all the success stories that we see in traders, there are countless others, thousands, even millions of others of unsuccessful people who were wiped out. Again, that money had to come from somewhere. These are the first questions that keep you in the game because, again, what trading is not is not a game. Trading is a practice, is art and science in a way that if you do it correctly, 
you can make money. This course is designed to help you as a trader, as a young, burgeoning trader, or if you've had some experience and maybe some difficulties in trading, to understand the elements that are involved in what makes trading as hard and competitive and hopefully see some of the success that you probably thought that you would have in the first place. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, definitely connect with me directly, 404-604-9477, or follow us on social media, Facebook at Mental Dialogue or IG, Mental underscore Dialogue, and DM me. Um, thank you to both of those sponsors, Money Motivation, a longtime sponsor, one of the hottest clothing brands in the land, MoneyMotivation.com. Go check them out, as well as our new sponsor, Blacks Academy. Uh, definitely, we vet who we allow to promote. We don't just take money just because they're going to pay to promote. Um, Blacks Academy will teach you about trading as well as investing. They are vetted, um, 17 years of experience, rolling out a class that I would highly recommend versus a lot of things you see floating on the Internet where people are promising that you will make $1,000 a day. Uh, we had a very well done show last week just breaking down the difference between what they're doing versus what we're seeing out there. So I highly recommend that you look up Blacks Academy uh, on YouTube. They have some free videos so you can get a feel for exactly what they're doing. This morning's discussion question, should children be raised in male-centered homes? Special guest co-host, Ashley Johnson-Afford, as well as special guest conscious motherhood coach, Marilyn Adwini, and my man, William House. Got another caller, so let's keep these callers rolling, y'all. Um, area code, what I got here? Area code 609, last three, eight, nine, one. Give us your name. Good morning, Montoya, uh, and everyone on the line. This is Marilyn calling. Hey, how you doing, Queen? Um, I'm good. Um, in response to the question, there's so many brothers raising children right now, and they're doing an awesome, awesome job because I think right now people are really starting to get what, well, the, the realities of life. We're no longer emulating what we see on television. We're no longer believing the oppressor's uh, opinion of who we are and what we're doing. We know that we need to get in and get it done. And they're raising awesome young kings and young queens, um, not just in academia, but in the things of life that they need to know and grow. Um, I recently saw a interview on Red Table Talk with uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, and uh, Will, well, Will Smith was interviewing the Williams women of the Williams family, and their dad, even before Serena and Venus were born. He wrote a business plan for his children that the whole family got together and followed, and that's how come they've been so successful. Everybody went to the tennis court from the time they were little. The whole family, all the sisters went, the mother went. And we need to understand that you have a business plan for your business. You write plans for your job. You plan what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. And then we just leave our children to just grow in unfertile soil, infertile soil. I forget which one it is. But we have to plan a life for our children. When we were coming up, whatever the parents said was what was done. And some of us wanted to be a little more lenient with growing our children, so we give them choices. Well, if they don't want to do it and 
they're too young to know whether or not they want to do or what they need. We have to give them the foundation. I love the brother was talking about his wife was away and his sons just, you know, they just came up to the plate and did what they were told and what they saw. And a lot of times we don't know what's in them until we have to see what's in them. So we have to start planning our children. Everybody wants a wedding and everybody wants to get married, but do we want to be husbands and wives? Do we want to be fathers and mothers, even though we want children? Do you want to be a mother or do you just want to have a child? Do you want to be a father or do you just want to have a child? You have to know what that role is that you want to uh, embrace and, and not just the title. You know, being being responsible for another life, that's one of the most important things you can do in your life. So we have to take it seriously and we have to breathe um, to, 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 to lead them to success, to be successful and whole and healed in their life. Right, thank, thank you for that three cents, Marilyn. I always appreciate um, you supporting what we're doing. Thank you, Queen. So, Marilyn, I'm going to go to you real quick before I go to another caller here. And, Ashley, I want you to also jump in as well because make sure, again, this was your baby. So I want to make sure we're, you know, just dialoguing as, as you need, if, if, if you will. Um, now, and I highlighted this because I've had you, I had you on the show when we were talking about parenting skills. And you are real big on, in a sense, respecting the autonomy of children. And, and, and as you're still coming on here saying, hey, avoid the child-centered um home for these reasons, but I also understand, and we had that dialogue on that show, about how some of what we do within our culture is kind of passed down based on things that happened historically as far as, you know, in a sense, how how our ancestors, if you will, had to protect children because they were more concerned what might happen to them you know, quote unquote, by the oppressors or, you know, at that time, and we had this good dialogue about what we've held on to that's not always beneficial. So to a degree, and t- tell me if I'm wrong here, Ashley, but I think some of you asking this question is not just as simple as male-centered or child-centered. Some of it's to the degree of having a, some of you asking this, I think, comes from being able to respect the child's voice in a way that we haven't always done well with in our culture. So we had a great talk about that before, Marilyn, so I think it's the perfect time to interject, balancing that and understand how that plays a role, and, you know, to a degree, children can, they do have a voice, we haven't always given them one, and and, and quite often, we think of old, traditional male-centered homes where they don't get a voice, so I just want to kind of try to, you know, kind of weave in that nuance, if you will. Go ahead, Marilyn. Yeah, that's absolutely not what we're advocating for, that children don't have a voice, and that is just what, um, just what um, you know, what the, the, the man says goes. Um, again, I, I like to emphasize that who we choose to um, have children with, who we choose to marry, um, and the values and the, um, the plans, as the other Marilyn uh, just talked about, is so, so essential, being intentional about um, who we have children with, and you know, and and if we weren't as intentional as we could have been um, when we started having children, we can always begin to be um, intentional about it, uh, about how we choose to raise our children and who we bring into their lives moving forward. So, 
you know, there, there can be an understanding that, yes, you know, the children do get to have a voice. We are going to be, you know, conscious and, you know, um, and peaceful and proactive parents and teaching them that they can have a voice and, um, and still be centered on the marriage and put our marriage as priority um, while also giving the children, you know, a voice within the decisions that are made um, about them. Sometimes as parents, especially when the children are very young, you know, of course, we'll have to um, take leadership and make the necessary um, decisions that are for the benefit of the whole, but it doesn't mean that we neglect the needs and the autonomy of the individual when we do that. Ashley, jump in, Queen. Uh, you know, I think you do an amazing job with your oldest, you know, having some type of, you know, whatever. And I know you, you, know, you, you love her so much because, you know, you had to figure it out. And you always give props to her in that sense. But any thoughts? Oh, that's about my girl. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That's my girl. But um, also, as much as you always compliment me on that relationship, that's probably the hardest time I had parenting. Now that I have two little ones, it's completely different for them. They're raised completely different. They get a completely different parent out of me. I, you know, I was a single parent with my daughter for 10 years, so it was just she and I, so I was doing what I can, but like you just said, um, Marilyn, there are just some things now that you realize as a parent that just don't apply, and I think people have to parent relevant to the society we live in now. So I even think about things I heard growing up that now you think about that just don't make sense. My mother always used to tell me, do as I say, not as I do. That that makes no sense to a child because yeah. why would I do that? I'm literally mimicking mm-hmm. what you do. My daughter mimics everything mm-hmm. I do. If I make a Absolutely. cup of coffee, she makes a cup of coffee. At no point is it like, oh, let me just do what she says. That just makes no sense. And then stuff like, you know, keep crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. But I'm, I'm already crying. It just makes so stuff like that. We just have to tailor our parenting. And I'm also not for having a child have complete autonomy because I also believe, like what the caller said, they don't know what's best for them. So I do have to step in sometimes and say, hey, I know you want to do that, but we're not going to do that right now because that's not age appropriate. That's not what you need in this moment. So those are things that you that parents are there for. But it has to be a and balance. And that's the key thing, like actually. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. But you, no, that you, give them, you, you give them a reason. You explain to them why. You know, a lot of times parents, as we were growing up, it was like, well, you know, because I said so, and no, that's not so. going to happen, and you don't, yeah, because and you don't I have the children so. understand the reasoning behind it, you know, so it's important that children Correct. also, you know, um, understand the reasoning behind um, the choices that you make um, for them and around them, so that in the future, they know how they to can understand the Correct, mm-hmm. and they can mm-hmm. understand the reasons why they're making choices in their lives as well. That's what I'm hoping exactly. to, to implement and instill in my kids. And I know, Vontoy, you even said that, um, you know, traditionally we had to raise our kids away because we were scared of what will happen at the hands of the oppressor. And, that, of course, that it seems like that was such a long time ago. But even now we're still raising our kids relative to what would happen to them at the hands yeah, of the opposite sex when they're dating, oh, okay. at the hands okay, of corporate okay. America, at the hands mm-hmm. of police brutality. We're, we're still trying to prepare them for them for those things. That's and I true. think the oh, most wow. important thing about trying to find a perfect way to parent is because we have to send these kids out. They're watching these relationships, and they're going to imitate and emulate these interactions that they're seeing, even the basic interaction between a man and a woman in their household. 
They're watching how y'all interact, and they're going out into the world, and now this is what I'm going to accept from the opposite sex. This is how I'm going to react in a relationship. And that's why we're dealing with this generation now of, well, I saw this when I was growing up, so that's what I'm going to do. And that's not the right thing to do. So we're we're no, trying to unteach and relearn, and it's a very exhausting process to parent and still be parenting yourself, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Yeah, we're actually up against think, a break um, now, so let me jump in real quick and get this break out of the way. We got another caller as well, so um, Marilyn, I'll let you come back with that thought, and then we'll go to the caller. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases and for sales. His no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Ashley Justin Alfred. This morning's discussion question, should children be raised in male-centered home? My special guest is Marilyn Adwini. I'm sorry, Adwini, sorry, as well as William House. We have a caller that wants to get in, but Marilyn, go ahead and give you your thought to Ashley, then we'll go to 197. We're coming to you next. Um, definitely, let me regather them. Um, so basically, I think that what is happening a lot of the time, which is not healthy, is that we're teaching our children, you know, by our actions to be reactive, um, to, to, to have um, – we're being reactive in the circumstances that we find ourselves under because we're, like, in survival mode. And then we're kind of giving them um, those same lessons through how we behave and how we respond to – the situation that we're in, we're not, you know, giving them a an intrinsic sense of power and intrinsic, you know, motivations. Um, being empowered on an intrinsic level is something that is modeled more than it is, you know, taught verbally or anything like that. So when we live the kind of lives, you know, that empower our children through what they see, then they're able to take that into the world. And we're, you know, we have these concerns about how they'll be treated you know, by the opposite sex or how they'll be treated by, you know, the establishment and, you know, all, you know, the, the things that we have around us that we find or deem oppressive um, and really how they are best able to tackle those things is through being empowered, having that autonomy, having that voice. But it's only if we, um, if we model that for them and give them those abilities to exercise it in that safe space of the family before they take that out into the world. I I think that's amazing. And my only question is because I I feel like I did a very good job with that with my daughter. And then I moved Mm -hmm. into a partnership where we, it was a blended partnership. Now we have a blended family and Mm -hmm. her intrinsic sense of power is almost intimidating to a male that's the head of a household. Now, does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Am I, 
So it, it was Absolutely. a very hard transition between this is this is my power as a person. My mother has always taught me, like, I can speak this, I can say this, I can ask for a reason when mm-hmm. I'm told no, you know, versus I'm the man of the house. I said no, that's all I said. I don't have it, – it's a very hard transition between – a child-centric home into a male-centric home, which is what brought me to this entire conversation. Can you elaborate on that mm-hmm. a little bit? Uh, absolutely. So it's, it's it's a good melting point for both people because now um, it's important, even though you have a high level of personal power, it's also important to be um, um, and, and empathic and, 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 and respectful and considerate and so many other things when you're in relationship to other people because we don't live in a vacuum, you know, especially in a family. We can't just, you know, throw our personal power all over everybody else, right? Same thing goes for um, the adults. So even for your partner or your spouse, it's a great learning point for them to kind of, you know, to, to, to come to a place where they do allow and are okay with her having a voice while she ensuring that she's doing it respectfully because before it was always just you that she knew. And mother-daughter, mother-child dynamics are very different than they are with, um, with a father or a father figure, you know, and, and, and vice versa. So it's, it's a great learning opportunity as long as everyone keeps uh, an open mind and has their ultimate goal, able to have a um, respectful um, and empowered family unit versus just, you know, one person um, throwing their power all over everybody else because that's, you know, it, a lot of us, we, we saw that dynamic and we thought and we think that that's what, um, what it's supposed to be. And it's not. Truly powerful people rarely ever impose that power on people just willy-nilly. You know, does that make I sense? I like that. Yes. A lot of sense. Thank you. Can I interject right quick before we go? Go ahead, House. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, you know, obviously, you, you know, you, you kind of, in a sense, did everything traditionally from the start, but just hearing Ashley say that's the dynamic possibly between in their blended family, but I know you do a lot of marriage counseling. So what's your thoughts on hearing her ask that question? Yeah, the the the, the, only, da- the only danger in in that is that, that that new the new element into actually your daughter and yours relationship is now that that brother might feel like it's two against one and that he has Absolutely. no he has no authority now because if 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 from a, a disciplinary standpoint if he tells your daughter not to do something and it's to her benefit but she doesn't like it and she comes to you and say hey he said not my dad said what he said, I can't do it, I don't like it, and then you take her side and override what he um what 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 he said that 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 is a potential for a whole lot of uh, uncomfortable friction because now Absolutely. now now you have in 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 fact relegated him to a position below the child when that when, in in my opinion, that should never be. And I agree. I agree. I, you know, I don't think it's so much of uh, me taking her side. It, it's more mm-hmm. so how we respond to a no. I, I do explain. I do allow my child to explain her logic and her thinking, and that's not the same course of parenting for everybody. 
Oh no, I I I I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I I have been and will forever remain as my motto. I'm a father first, a friend eventually. Um, because that's I how like I was raised. That. My pop. You know, I, mm-hmm. I will. I give. I, I give my 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 boys. You know, after after a certain age, you know. At 14, my son couldn't tell me, no, that's something that he didn't really want to do, and I wasn't going to give him room enough to explain it. It's just, that was just me. But as he matured, as I I saw his maturity level increase to engage in logical conversation, then I opened it up to, okay, what do you think about this? Or give me your idea. Or if you don't like this, give me something else. You know, I have a standing, I have a standing statement in my house with my kids, and and honestly with my wife. Don't bring me problems, bring me solutions. If you if if, if yeah. you're just gonna tell me about a problem, I don't want to hear it. Don't bring it. Don't bring me the problem. Bring me the problem with the with the potential solution. Now let's talk about it. If you it, you know my my oldest is is in, he's trying to get a job, and he's trying to sort that whole thing out as a twenty year old. And I'm trying to help him, but he 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 seems to be smarter than me. And I'm like, son, I'm two times your age. I've seen twenty thousand times more than you have. But you know, I still leave the. I, I still leave. I don't slam the door on him. I, you know, I I I hear his logic, and then I sit him down, and then I I, I break down each of his points to 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 get him to clearly see what he's saying, not what I'm saying. And so, my my whole, my whole point of saying that is is please don't don't um, I, I've I've seen good friends divorce over there. They were in a blended family, and I, unfortunately, I saw them divorce because the the mother didn't want to accept the 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 the, the husband disciplining her children, in which she was raised, which she raised pretty much on her own for you know, 12, 13 years. And yeah, when he started, yeah, I can definitely, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to get to a call. I'm just kind of trying to want to move it along. Okay. Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, you're doing, you're fine. I will say just from what I think I know of Ashley, I don't think that's her dynamic. So I definitely understand why you brought that to the table um, at first, because a lot of families do have trouble with that. Um, it's definitely a situation. I think Marilyn said it best to throw this out, Ashley, when she said it's a learning opportunity. And so it's a matter of getting your partner. For both parties. Yeah, that it's a right. learning opportunity for him because as a man, to a degree, she's the child, so he probably doesn't think of it that way. But, yeah, he has to respect that she is going to ask, and asking in itself is not disrespect, even though we grew up historically with that concept. So if he's coming from that right. old school there's some learning on his part in the sense that as long as she's respectful, respectful, you you know, you will answer her. He's just going to have to answer her to a degree, even though that's not what he's used to. So that's the learning based on the way I'm hearing. Obviously, I'm hearing just your side of it. So, um, But from that perspective, that's, right. that's, that's what I would throw out there as well. All right, area code 912, um, last 3197. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hi, uh, my name is Kali. I live in Illinois. Um, I, man, this is such a loaded conversation. Mm-hmm. As I was listening, there were so many points where um, just so many things I wanted to talk about. But I do, I think I'm really wanting to 
uh, mention um, kind of my experience because okay. I was that um, our family was the family that was really dysfunctional, winging it, and um, we've really transitioned and found our way. And um, actually, Marilyn's my coach. And, oh, no, um, no. Um, <laughs> um, working with her has transformed our entire family dynamic, and that I think it's only been like half a year, maybe, um, that I've worked with her. And um, so, just to give a little background, my uh, my upbringing was a single mom my whole life, um, with lots of boyfriends, three husbands, and just really dysfunctional, lots of childhood trauma. And my husband, um, his parents have been married since he was born and also somewhat dysfunctional, um, but he had a two-parent household that their underlying foundation was um, family before everything, which was totally opposite from what I grew up in. So we met when we were in high school and um, I had just been kicked out of my house um, and he was kind of like a savior swooping in and, like, saving mm-hmm. the day and loving me in ways that I had been, you know, completely neglected from both my parents. Okay, go ahead. Um, it's a, My husband's at work today, so kids are... Um, you're yeah, there will be there will be noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No problem with the kids. They can you can break them on the yes, cell I appreciate that. Are you good? I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So we started off like kind of a very traumatic. I would even say a trauma bond almost, especially on my end, um, mm-hmm. and okay. just trying to figure it out and really, really trying to be different from both of our families upbringing and doing our own thing. And, you know, re- we really do this, just the two of us. We don't have a huge village. Um, and so uh, all of that to say we started off, um, we knew that we wanted to do, com- especially me, I wanted to do completely opposite from what I had been brought up in because just <clears throat> so much trauma. And so my kids, um, once I started to see how their lives are being infiltrated in the same ways as me when it comes to school. Um, I took my son out of school when he was in first grade, and we've been homeschooling um, with about a year of an alternative school in between um, ever since. So it's been like four or five years since we've been homeschooling. And I did start off as a very child-centered dynamic because I wanted to be completely opposite of what I grew up in and um, all I saw really, and I love that point, and it was a, a while ago in the conversation where somebody had brought up a point about um, just all the, I think it was one of the callers, talking about the toxic narratives that we're getting from others. Um, I really, really would listen to, because I had no foundation of, like, I want to bring what my family did into what I'm doing now. It was just, what do I, uh, just no foundation for that. So, I'm also listening to toxic things. My mom was very much a feminist, very anti-man. And that really, I thought that was the right way, and that really wreaked havoc on 
my relationship with my husband, just centering the children only, his needs not being met, which then in turn meant my needs were not being met because we're in, you know, this family dynamic, this household together. Just um, to protect my family, you know, we've always really um, valued love for each other. We weren't really uh, super authoritative, um, almost to a default of being the other side at the extent of, like, no, um, just really letting it kind of be a free-for-all. And that kind of also came – there's it's so much. There's such, It's such a loaded thing. But I, I ultimately just wanted to um, talk about how much it had changed just be, because I feel like we went through every single stage that you guys are talking about of what not to do. And now we are moving into this season um, – Thanks so much to Marilyn, whose values and um, example even, um, because somebody can talk to you all day, but, it, you know, if they're not, Marilyn does such a beautiful way of um, showing the example of it, even just in phone conversations. Mm-hmm. I, it, I adore how when her husband calls, um, it's a priority. And if we're on a call and her children are a priority and, um, so much, I I just take that to heart. But, um, yeah, so we've been through such a mess of a stage um, with still kind of breaking more generational curses than our family mm-hmm. did. Um, so I'm not going to just trash us. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it was really messy, and it was, it was right. ugly um, a lot of the time. And even, you know, through this healing process, it's been ugly. But the so the fruit of all of that, and I hope people listen to this part, um, because it's because uh, so many people have so many opinions, but everything that you guys have been talking about, and even the callers, like um, the first man that had came on, I was like snapping my fingers, like yes, and that yeah. wouldn't have been me even two years ago. I'm like yeah. ah, you know, he don't know what he's talking about, but he does, and like, and I know Marilyn when the first man that came on, I bet just from what I know about how you know, her values and stuff. She was really agreeing with him too, I'm sure. Um but um he was Calvin. It was Calvin. I was the first caller. He's trying to get back in. I'll tell you what I'm oh, hearing, Colleen. Okay. Sorry to um no 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 not to cut you off, but um I actually blew sure, through yeah. the, um, no, no, I actually brew through the commercial because I just really appreciate it. Okay. Um, you know, the sincerity in which you're making this call, your first time caller, if you will. And, and, but I'm just hearing yeah. what, um, especially when you give, you know, as much as you've kind of basically been transparent and gave as much as your background, what I'm hearing, and I hope any other, anybody else that may be in your shoes or maybe been through some trauma bonding, because that's very typical. Uh, typical of a lot of our community because we haven't seen functional families, if you will, right? So what I'm loving the most is that you've had time to have been coached by Marilyn for six months, and you're already reaping the benefit of turning it around. Oh, my gosh. I hope I'm able to share that part because, yes. No, we're catching it. We're catching it loud and clear, and I'm highlighting it and reiterating it for this reason because, like you said, there's so much advice out there, and people can attach and latch on where you're the living example of having, based on everything you just laid out, of trying it a bunch of other ways. And now hearing these values from Maryland saying, hey, make each other a focus, and you're living out a new paradigm, and you're able to speak to it, having been in a lot of situations. You know, like you said, 
your um, husband having a two-parent home that wasn't quite as functional, you being in the complete opposite, becoming a feminist. So you've ran the full gamut, and you're like a living example of the results of the values that Marilyn's laying out. So I just wanted to highlight that, and thank you for the call. Yes, thank you so much for that. That just tied in everything perfectly. All right, sounds good. Let me go ahead and sneak this commercial in real quick, and we'll um, get to um, Kevin, who's trying to get back in as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitts. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. So if you don't know, our mission is to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through solution-focused meetups, social media, and this podcast. So just keep that in mind and understand that's what we're here for. So when you hear Making Money Matters, Mondays, every second Monday, that is where money and mental health meet, those things coincide. So you've probably heard Ashley Thomas. If you listened to last week's show, you definitely heard her. She's one of my queens of intellects, and she is the CEO of Making Money Matters. So I highly recommend that you, if you're having money problems, it's probably associated with some of your mental health, whether you realize it or not, whether it's I get sad and go out to eat every time I'm upset about something, which ends up affecting your money and why you don't, why you have more month at the end of the month than money. So a lot of ways to improve that. Um, with the Mental Dialogue Community Club. That is our mission. If you have a product or service, please consider advertising with us individually. You can go to mentaldialogue.com and become a member or supporter and ensure that Intelligent Radio is on the air. This morning's discussion question, should children be raised in male-centered homes? Special guest co-host Ashley Johnson-Afford, as well as special guest Marilyn Arduini and William House, um, Brother Kevin wants to get back in, but before I do, Marilyn, I'm pretty sure you're proud of one of your actual students. I don't know if you call them students or somebody that you're coaching. Kylie called in with an amazing call, so if you're going to just let you jump on that real quick before I go back to Kevin. And I think I got um, T trying to get back in as well. So go ahead, Queen. Oh, awesome. I am absolutely proud, mainly of, of her, um, just the, the work that she's done, because you can talk your ear off to people. Um, and if they don't take it on um, and internalize it and, you know, make it a real practice in their own lives, um, they don't get anywhere. And she absolutely does that. She loves her family and loves her husband and just wants um, to see the absolute best for them. So she takes everything on, you know, in a spectacular way. Um, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for calling, Cody. That was, like, you know, great confirmation for me. So I appreciate you. <laughs> No, absolutely. And please, uh, before the show is over, yeah, Marilyn, can you please let us know, like, what you do? Before we end, just at the end of the show, just let us know so that we can we can tap into whatever it is that you actually do. I'm mad at you, Ashley. <laughs> I'm going to let her get off the show and not give her out that info. 
I know. But I'm looking for it. I'm ready to write it down. You ain't been listening in a while. No, I'm looking for it. I'm ready to write it down. That's all. <laughs> you just gave away yourself. You ain't been listening as much lately. Now I'm I'm playing around. Ashley always be t- tagging me. Say that was an excellent show. So now nah, she be listening. Now nah, it's all good. Let me you get know to Kevin. I do. Yeah, no doubt. Let me get to Kevin and T real quick. All right, brother Kevin, it's your second time on. I got a brother behind you, so I'm gonna let you keep, go along with it. But I'm um, gonna jump back in. But I you see, you. you get some you get some props on the show today. I know me and you be battling, but you gotta feel good about these props you get on the show today. But go oh, ahead, King. It is all love at the end of the day. <laughs> um, client, beautiful sister, just now. Um, what the true meaning of submission is? Uh, I live in a military town here. And I see uh, when 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 men go off, you know, to uh, cross seas or whatever, and they go over for a significant amount of time, and the wife wind up having to be the, uh, <clears throat> the, the what they would call the title, potential head of the family at that time, and she has to run everything and do all the errands, and the kids got to submit to her and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they teach a class. Right before the, the the husband comes back home, the soldiers come back home, and that class is about submitting. What I mean, so much submitting, but letting him transition back into power. I mean, well, you know, back into his role, his position. And sometimes, uh, if you're not, you know, someone doesn't have someone to teach them or you know guide them back, you know, hey, you you gonna have to let it go a little bit. I know you. For a whole year, you've been handling your business, you know, and the children been listening to just you, but now daddy's back home. And sometimes when you're in a single uh, relationship, you know, the kids just been used to listening to you. And when that, you know, you say you done got a new friend, a new husband, a new, you know, potential father come into the home, they don't tend to listen because they're thinking that, hey, well, if mama ain't here, I'm second in command. <laughs> no. <laughs> You only you in you in command when you get. I tell my son, you only grown until you get your own. Now, when you got your household, then you take the skills that I taught you and you run that over there. Right now, I might bring in a new manager. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's gonna be master of the show. <laughs> if that make any sense. You let my brother house break in on that because this brother is um uh um spent. How many years you? How many years you been in, brother? Twenty-two. I did twenty-two and a half. Yeah, he a matter of fact retired. Yes, absolutely. So twenty-two and a half. So yeah, specifically about that military dynamic. So any thoughts when you hear Kevin break down that hey, it could be an issue even if the father's away just for a year. Um, yeah, and I'm pretty sure you, you know. So I know you understand that loud and clear. You, know, I did six years in, but I, w- I wasn't away from my family, so I didn't have to go through that specifically because I'm not married or have children, but um, but I know you've experienced that as well. So if you could just speak to that real quickly, and then we're going to get to Brother T who's on the line as well. Absolutely. I can speak to it in, in two different instances. Uh, when I was younger, my father traveled a lot, and the last thing that he would tell me uh, before leaving the house is, son, this is your house while I'm gone. Take care of your mom. You know, take care of your sisters too, but your primary your primary responsibility is to make sure that your mama is okay and everything is good there. Um, now, I heard that as a young child, and I heard that a lot, and I took that, I internalized that. So I then transferred that authority over to my oldest son every time I would leave, um, tell him the same thing. I was like, Bill, while I'm gone, take care of the house, take care of mama, make sure that everything is 
take care of your mom and me and your little brother. And he took it to heart. And he took it to heart sometimes that he would get beside himself and try to tell his mama what to do. I would hear about it when I got home. <laughs> and, you know, she was like, you know, your boy take your, your, his, his duties seriously. And I was like, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I would eventually, I, I, it wasn't even an eventuality. The minute I stepped back in the house, you know, my role is, is, is what it is. And I thank him for the, the job well done, but then I remind him that that's still mama. You, 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 you're, you're standing in. And uh, when I hear that, when Kevin, when I, when, when you mentioned that, it, 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 it made me laugh because, yeah, you know, when 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 in power for too long, it can it can get in it can get intoxicating, and power is corrupting if 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 not reined in at the right time. So it's, it's I think it's necessary to establish a healthy power dynamic um, in in the absence of the the in the absence of the authority. It is it, definitely necessary to to establish the 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 pecking order, if you would, for authority. Um, but yeah, I, I remember though. I remember hearing those cases of of guys that had been gone along. I'd worked uh, some expeditionary forces, and they'd be gone for long periods of time. When they come back, that is one dynamic that they had to deal with: is who was the who who was in command now. Who, 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 you know, this guy been gone for a year and a half. How are you going to come back and tell me what to do? And I think that's incumbent upon both parents getting together with the kids and saying, hey, this is still your father. This is still, this, this, this is still the, 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 the head of the house, off doing, off keeping the house safe from afar, but now he's back home. So, you know, I think I, I, I appreciate that comment. All right, thank you for that dynamic. Thank you for that call, um, Kevin. Absolutely. I go if I can do break. something, yeah. Let me I, go I to the break. Yeah, let me let me Kevin go. Maryland. Yeah, let me go to the break, y'all, and I'll let y'all. This is my last break, and I'll let y'all jump in, and then we'll get to tea after that. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Are you intimidated by money? Well, this is a question most people never think to ask themselves. But when forced to think about it, many people realize they have unrecognized fears that truly affect how they deal with money. If you want to learn more about money and the fears that keep you from prosperity, join us for Making Money Matter Mondays, where money meets mental health with personal finance coach Ashley Thomas and psychotherapist Dr. Katrina Pitt. Every second Monday of the month, find out if you're intimidated by money and what to do about it. To receive a link to this free Zoom event, please DM the Making Money Matter or the Mental Dialogue Instagram pages or contact 404-604-9477. 
face. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest Ashley Johnson. Alfred, if you're listening to this show, keep in mind you can share the show with people every Saturday morning. If you miss the show, we're on most of the streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. So make sure you are telling people about what we're doing over here uh, at the Mental Dialogue talk show, if you will. This morning's discussion question, should children be raised in male-centered homes? A special guest, Marilyn Arduini, as well, as well as William House. I think Marilyn and Ashley, y'all both have some comments before I go to tea real quick, um, before we close out this last segment. So either one of y'all jump in on the on the um, last comment. Go ahead, Marilyn. Thank you, Ashley. Um, absolutely. I just wanted to um, just kind of piggyback on what um, Mr. House said so eloquently. Um that I'm currently um, a military wife myself. We're a military family. My husband just came back from a deployment um, recently, and that absolutely is um, a dynamic that we are mindful of. Thank goodness, you know, we're in the, the age of FaceTime and, you know, easy access to Internet, so we are able to kind of maintain a certain level of contact and communication so that his presence of, you know, his position and, authority and everything else never really had to be completely gone because, you know, when something was needed or something was going on, I was still able to, you know, say, okay, well, go ahead, talk to him about it, you know, or just making sure that his, you know, his presence was consistently felt um, and that we didn't have to come back to him trying to kind of reintegrate himself mm-hmm. um, and his role um, in the household, or at least it wouldn't be such, you know, um, a difficult um, reintegration. So, you know, that's just in uh, an agreement that I can definitely see um, that that dynamic is something that has to be, you know, managed when you are operating as a military family. Ashley? Uh, yeah, I think I just wanted to piggyback off of uh, what Mr. House has said about delegating that power to his son when he was gone because that's that same dynamic in single-parent homes but it's for longer because who's to say mm-hmm. dad is coming back. Right. Mm-hmm. And it creates right. what I've seen in my experiences. It creates, this is what my partner tells me all the time. My daughter thinks she's my co-pilot. She thinks she's my partner mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she's acted in that role. Mm-hmm. And it's for like, so this, yeah, it's this subconscious, mm-hmm. you know, I have to protect my mom, even though no one ever told me I had to do that. I just mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So it's a very hard, transition into 
this is my partner when she over here like, well, I don't been your partner this for ten years, you know. So it's a <laughs> very hard. Right, right. Who, right. Hey, who this? Who, I don't even say this word no more, but it's so funny right now. Who this new nigga? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then it, it also presents this dynamic with the man. With a man, it's like, and who is this little child? Like, I, I don't look after the child. But it, it, when I tell you, it's a very hard dynamic to navigate when you have to balance both because you know this this one held me down. Now you got it. This, this she done set the bar. She has mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. set the bar. She's a great partner, but she's also a child. Mm-hmm. She's also a child who still needs to be raised, who still needs a male dynamic and a mother. She still mm-hmm. needs all of that. But it mm-hmm. it's because she did move into that spot when it was just us, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. by default. So yeah. I, I hope everybody yeah. is navigating that yeah, like I, was, I, I was, yeah, It's I was hard. With the bat. I was the son with the bat when the cat tried to come in there, yeah. you know what I mean? I had the bat on some of the boyfriends. <laughs> right. Right. I know about being a ride or die partner. I understand the role. I, yeah. I know what she's going through. Let her know I feel her pain. <laughs> yeah. If I can get 10, 15 quick seconds, but the same yeah, thing please. happened with me because I have a, a 20-year-old son, and, well, he's about to actually be 21 in a few days, and my daughter is about to be 17. So both of them kind of were my partners while I was single. And my son would actually come in and say, you know, I got to, you know, and, I mean, he was right or die with me. Um, for sure, and so this day he's still very, very protective. And uh, but I had to kind of always maintain keeping that in check, even while I was single, because he would say, "Yeah, you know, I'm, well, you know, I'm the man of the house," and I say, "No, you're a young man in my house," <laughs> you know. And there's and, a difference. And when I, well, there's a difference, you know. And I absolutely respect you as a young man, and you know, and he comes through and he was very supportive, but he had to still understand his position and that his role wasn't, you know, he wasn't leading me anywhere, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah, definitely, it's it's challenging. I'm it's glad to hear that example. They have to understand. I'm, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. even sorry for cutting you off because um, we only got a few minutes to make this happen, but uh, I have a, I, um, so those that some people may know, I have another show called Just My Three Cents that I started a couple of months ago, and um, I read excerpts from my book, upcoming book, Just My Three Cents, which is Necessary Conversations on Race, Sex, and Culture. Um, and the title is Just My Three Cents. And one of the pieces I talk about what you just talked about, Marilyn, is the idea of how I was fortunate that my mother did not allow me, quote, unquote, to be the man of the house. Obviously, I had a lot of duties. Obviously, like I said, I didn't pull the bat out before. So I definitely thought of myself in, in that role, if you will, to a degree. But she did not allow me to be the man of the house because, as I said earlier, manhood is not natural. It's groomed. And so... Like you said, being in the house, having roles to play, if you will, but being the man of the house, which a lot of young mothers make the mistake of now, creates a situation where a boy is quite often they end up catering to their boys so much so that a boy has that expectation in their adulthood relationships, but it never had the duty right. of actually taking care of a home and what that actually means. So they have an overinflated, yeah, they have an overinflated yes. idea of what the man of the house looks like, but you were doing that when your mother was still bringing home the money for you to put your clothes on your back. So yeah. that's not the true responsibility. So I love that you did that, if you will. Um, T, I'm going to give you, it's got to be 30 seconds, brother, because I got to get this show closed out and make sure everybody knows how to stay in contact with Marilyn. So, uh, you know, Ashley's giving me that duty, brother, but I'm going to let you jump in real quick. Give me a 30-second thought or a question real quick, brother. 
Okay, I'm going to be quick as possible. So, as the new nigga, I kind of personally want to weigh in on that point that y'all were just touching on. Um, so, what I what I noticed with that dynamic is it, it tends to force a child to grow up kind of fast. Um, because yeah. now, you know, the child is making certain decisions that an adult otherwise would be making. And inherent in that, you're depriving or the child is deprived of some aspects of childhood. Um, I always say you got your whole life to be an adult. Enjoy your childhood. Because once you become an adult, unfortunately, you can't go back to being a kid. But, you know, you have this dynamic where one day you're a kid, one day you're an adult. One day you're an adult, one day you're a kid. It's 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 kind of like an identity crisis type type dynamic, and it can just be, you know, it just it just can kind of be hurtful to, to everybody involved. Uh, the last thing I want to say is what advice could y'all give when you have two people committed to being better persons, being better parents, but it's just not working? Um, the female caller who called in, I, I strongly identify with her, particularly where she had, you know, she said she had a trauma bond, and it sounds like she somehow transformed that trauma bond into now a healthy relationship, a healthy situation for the kids, a healthy uh, situation for everyone. I, I so wanted to ask her, was there ever a time they... Yeah, yeah, I'm going to jump in on you, brother, because you got a little bit of time. So her somehow okay. was getting a coach, which Marilyn has already kind of mentioned, and it's not necessarily got to be a coach, but just getting therapy, and I'm not saying therapy in itself is the fix, you know what I mean? And a lot of times we do wait until we have these issues, but don't don't try to continue without at least seeking that. And I, I think I think you're in Atlanta, so it's, you can actually find therapists that look like you or whatever and stay in contact with us. We have therapists that help us with the community checkup. So if you will be open to that, okay. I highly recommend it. And I'm pretty sure I'm like, i got to let you go. But um, I'm going to let House okay. jump in because he does marriage counseling as well. Um, but all of you, you got House, you got a minute. So you got to keep it in a minute. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to go to Maryland because we've got to get out her contact information as well. So you can get that brother a quick response. And if you have any public information you want to give out, please do so as well. One minute. Man, the, 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 I'll, I'll do this in 30 seconds, although you shouldn't give a preacher a microphone. The most important <laughs> thing in blending um, communi- is, is communication, my man. You got to have uncomfortable conversations. Uh, I've learned that over the 22 years that my wife and I have been married and the, the several couples that we've put together and are still together to this day, it's the uncomfortable conversations that grow the marriage, that, that, that grow the relationship. You got to ask that thing that, that's been gnawing at your spirit. You got to ask that question and, and not be afraid of the answer that you get. You got to be willing to step up to the plate and ask that hard question. No, I love once it, you get, let's start, Once you let's get past the hard question. Yeah, now that makes sense. Marilyn, let's start with your information for how people can stay in contact with you because you have a whole community and various ways that people can stay in contact. So start with that and make sure we get that. we got about a minute and 15 seconds. Absolutely. It's real easy. The Peaceful Black Mama. Um, that's um, my website, peacefulblackmama.com, um, The Peaceful Black Mama on IG and Facebook. My name is Marilyn Aldwain. You can find me on uh, my, my, my personal page on Facebook as well. I share a lot on there. So anything that um, you need to know to communicate with me, even my email is at gmail.com, the peaceful black mama. Um, and you can reach out. You can go on my website and schedule um, a introductory appointment for completely free just so we can see if we're able to work together. But even if we don't work one-on-one together, I have group um, work available. And even just following my page, I give lots of 
um, advice and information just to support the community. So just follow me on those platforms. I do talks on Clubhouse every now and again. So just follow me on those platforms and um, and reach out to me whenever you need to. Ashley, 15 seconds. I don't have anything. I just want to say thank you to everybody. Um, you can all, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. It's my full name. Um, I am a mom. I'm also a practicing attorney. I practice in Louisiana. I also take cases in Georgia. So it's my full name, Ashley Johnson Alfred, on Facebook and Instagram. And I thank everybody for being here today. Thank you for having me, Montoya. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you. Thank you, everyone. This was great.